Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Are you interested in angels, demons, spirits, ghosts, and monsters? Are you curious about their origins, tales, and influence upon history and on... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The present day. If so, sit back, relax, and welcome to Southern Demonology, the podcast that explores all of this and more. Hello all, welcome back to another episode of Southern Demonology. As always, I'm your host, JJ. This week, we are back with the second part of the interview with David in an episode that I entitled, I Renounce Thee. This little preamble, before we get to the heart of the matter, isn't going to be too long, mainly because of the fact that I'm traveling tomorrow for work, and I am not feeling the best. I took a COVID-19 booster last night, and let's just say that my energy levels are dipping into the negative. So actually related to travel, we will not hold the Wednesday movie night because I won't be back until well after it's already going to be over. For those who could make it last Wednesday, we had a phenomenal viewing of Hereditary. Uh, We had some new members join in and it was a ton of fun. So join us, not this week, but next week when we watch We Go On, one of my other favorite horror movies. Not for how scary it is, but rather for some of the ideas that it presents. And honestly, it's just one of those movies that radiates love from the creator. So I think that you're really going to like it. Regardless, sit back, relax, and enjoy this final piece of the interview with David concerning his continued encounters with the demonic. I'm in bed at home, and this black, dark, shadowy entity is 
beside me and it feels like it's trying to rip my soul out of my body. It's literally tugging on me. I can feel it. At the beginning of it, I couldn't move. It's the only time with these, it's the only time I've ever experienced anything like sleep paralysis. But I, I, I wake up and, and this thing is you know, pulling and it takes me a bit to sort of compose and figure out what's going on. And, and I shout at it and I'm finally able to, to move a little and it sort of backs off and, and it fades away. Was this physical tugging or something more spiritual? I don't know what a soul feels like, but it felt like it was physically trying to rip it out of my body. Now, I don't have marks on my body. It's not like uh, it was pulling an arm. It felt like it was trying to pull me out of my body. And that's the only way I can describe it. This happens three times over a period of maybe two months. First, I I think he tried to rip me out of the right side. Then it was out through my feet. And then it was on the left side. and, And then it stopped. Each time this happened, you know, the... and. As with all of the experiences I talk about here, I don't wake up again. These are not like night terrors. These are not dreams. I wake up, something's happening, and I never go back to sleep. I don't wake up again and go, oh, that was crazy. It's like, well, I'm still awake. This is really weird. Dang. So, and this happens three times over two months? Happens about three times over two months. Now, somewhere in that time, after the first one, this thing starts showing up in the bedroom at night at about three o'clock in the morning. So the, the, all of these events occur right around three, between three, three thirty. You know, there's symbolism in that that people can read or not. That's just when it happened. And it seemed significant to me. Uh, it's a very common time for the demonic from everything that I have ever read. So I would definitely interpret that to be a very bad sign. Yeah. I did not consider it to be a good one. (laughs) So, so this thing would, would, would show up. I'd wake up. Some sort of noise would wake me up or I just wake up because I felt it watching me and it was over near the bedroom door. It's fairly big bedroom. So it's not like it was sitting, standing at the foot of the bed. It was just sort of recessed back in the, the shadows there it was tall it was it was almost to the ceiling tall right and it was dark it was like it lived in a an absence of light you could see there was some shape to it but i couldn't tell you what that shape was i never saw you know other than in my head seeing this thing that must have you know goat legs and horns that you know i don't know if that's my imagination going wild but i never saw it physically have enough form to tell what it was, but it was tall and it was dark. It was big. And we have our bedroom door, the hallway outside of it, there's a a foyer was across from it and it big windows. And so there was always light coming in through the door and, and it would block that light. You could see it was standing there watching and it just emanated hatred, evil and hatred for me. And, you know, it would hang out. And it would be there for an hour or two each night, and then it would just sort of fade away, and then I could go back to sleep. If uh, I tried to ignore it, it would, you know, make some scratching noises on the carpet or the wall just to say, yeah, I'm still here. 
and was uh, in the background for for quite a few months. How did you happen to stay sane during all of this? Because if your sleep is being, I would imagine, dramatically interrupted on a nightly basis, you've got this thing looming, you know, I don't know if it's in the corner or directly over you, but, you know, it's constantly reminding you of your, of your presence. How did you cope with all of that added stress? Well, you know, years of gaming helped me live without sleep. <laughs> I've never slept a lot. I've always been a night owl. And so the lack we of sleep. Share that in common. You, you learn to deal with that. But the, the evilness of it, the hatred, sometime in that you know, first couple of months, I'm like, this is, this is crazy, right? It, it, this thing exists. I'm having these experiences. It's not a dream. You know, I've, I've spent plenty of time with it when I'm awake, right? And so this thing is evil and it's real. And if it's real, then, well, there's got to be good that's real too. Now, prior to this, you know, I grew up going to church, singing in the choir and all of those things. But, you know, after my, my teens, I, I kind of faded away from that and held more of a spiritual, you know, there's a God. There's, there's obviously a higher power to me, you know, and I see it in the world around us, but was not a big fan of, of organized religion and, and never had really read the Bible. You know, I tried to when I was young and all the these and thys and thous and, and the begats of names and stuff. I just never could sit through it. And I was an avid reader, but that just did not get me. So this sort of made me reevaluate that, right? there's this thing that's evil and it's real, then there must be a reality to God and good. Maybe I ought to learn more about that. And so, you know, as you and I have talked before about translations, I picked a literal translation, uh, the New American Standard Bible, and figured I wanted to read it for myself, not pick up anybody else's interpretation of it. And so I just get the close to the word as possible. And and I started reading it, and cover to cover, it took me about a year and a half to get through it. But it mm -hmm. just it spoke to me. It was um, it was alive. The stories I, I never realized how much history there is, and the depth of it in in these stories that are that are put down in there in the different books, and and it really helped having the the Bible, reading it. You know, saying the Lord's Prayer, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, that uh, those things eased its influence, right? So you'd be there at night and it would show up and turn on my little reading light and I'd start reading or I'd say the prayers and, and it would be less menacing. Never made it go away, but it made it less dark, less evil feeling. How long? Did these nightly visits last? I would say probably regularly six to eight months. Oh, God. Did now, your not wife every night, notice? right? What's that? Uh, did your wife notice anything while this thing, you know, would show up? Very little. We t obviously, we talked about it. Mm -hmm. 
and my wife and I talk about everything. And so she knew what was going on, but it didn't interact with her. Not while we were living there. She didn't have nightmares or wake up seeing anything. She could feel that there was something off, right? She, she knew that something was going on. Now, whether that was because I told her or whether she was feeling it herself, I don't know. But, you know, mm-hmm. I'd say that she was aware, but not directly impacted by it. Now, gotcha. she did at night sometimes talk in her sleep. As time has gone on, when we have activity around the house, often she would talk in her sleep. And that was sort of the correlation. That's the only time she would talk. Uh, She had one night she woke up, or I woke up, to her sort of like chanting in her sleep. And it was really weird. So I sort of, I sort of, you know, jogged her shoulder and she didn't wake up, but she stopped and, and went back to sleep. And that was a weird one because that night, the whatever it was, and, and this, you know, there, this is one of those few experiences where, you know, I was, again, I woke up and was awake and I never went back to sleep. This thing wrapped around me and was trying to, what was like a golden light trying to shove this thing down my throat. And it was really, you know, a terrifying experience. This thing was sort of wrapped around my head and pushing this thing down my throat. And, you know, I was able to wake up and freak out and push it off. That was a bad experience. I also had it scream in my ear once. And it was like a mechanical scream, like almost like a steam whistle on a train, if you can imagine, but at mm-hmm. a really high, shrill pitch. And it was like right over top of me and it screamed in my ear and I pushed it off with my right hand and now I'm wide awake and it, it made my arm hurt when it disappeared. I, I was left with my arm hurting up to my elbow and it ached all night long and for half the next day. Uh, in my ear, my left ear, it ached for, for quite a while, like days after that happened. So when this thing was wrapped around your head and trying to shove something down your throat, were you also able to interact with it physically then? Yeah, so both times I've pushed it away, two or three times, it just felt like dense, energized air, right? It's not like it had a physical body. Right. It it was sort of like I could push into it, but get traction and push it away. Didn't feel like something like you would grab somebody's arm and push them away. It was like I sort of almost went into it and, you know, just could feel the energy inside of it and and push it. Did you try any other methods of trying to get rid of this thing besides just uh, reading the Bible, which, I mean, that is a phenomenal idea. That's not a criticism at all. I'm just sure. curious. I needed information. I wanted understanding and figured the Bible was, was sort of the source. So let's start with right. that. I did eventually, a friend of 
of Laura's, that's my wife, Laura, a friend of hers gave her, was Catholic and gave her a vial of holy water. And that went on the nightstand. And that also made a significant benefit. It eased things and things happened less often. So over a period of four or five months, this thing started tapering down from reading the prayers, reading the Bible, having the holy water, just, it just sort of eased back and stopped for the most part. We then, we moved, we moved down to Florida where we are now and things were a lot better for a, for a long period of time, actually, say six months, something like that. Mm-hmm. No interactions. But we did have stuff started picking back up that, that next year in uh, the beginning of, of 2016. And there was a direct correlation, especially after, after we moved, to when my friend would come down and, and visit folks he knew in, in Florida. Anytime where we were going to get together or spend any time doing something and that's not investigating that's just like hanging out go to dinner whatever right when he would show up in florida activity would start and it would pick up on his end as well uh, sometimes even leading up to the trip in fact i could almost guarantee because he didn't always see me when he came down i could pretty much know when he was coming to florida by what was happening at the house so you know it would be noises thumps an occasional shadow but again, there was like a negative feeling to it. You spend enough time in the dark investigating the paranormal. You, you, you're not afraid of, you know, a few taps on the wall or some footsteps or stuff like that. But with the demonic, at least in my experience, it, it has a, a much more fearful touch to it. Absolutely. Were you plagued by the... Uh, and is, is that still happening today? Nothing significant. So the last, the last time I had any interaction directly with it was that in, in 2016, there was another, it, it came in and, and what felt like it was trying to push into my body, just sort of smother me and enter through my mouth. And I was able to push it back, shouted, it's, you know, this is my domain. You can't be here. And it disappeared. That's the last time I've, I've seen it physically. But. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70 percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. 
In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The, that didn't mean it wasn't here. And, and I think that the things that, you know, are the, the worst part of the story to me are, are not the paranormal things. We've seen stuff before like that. It wasn't even the, the direct interacting with it, as terrifying as those experiences were. But there's a insidious sort of manipulative activity that I think a demon does in your life. And things go wrong. And there's lots of negativity. And this, we did start experiencing more and more for a couple of years after that. They would almost always, things would happen in threes. There's that three symbolism there again. Mm -hmm. Stuff would break. A lot of stuff would break on one day, whether cars, something in the house, electrical, whatever. You know, you have bad luck. There's just things happen in life and you deal with them and move on. But these things felt different. And again, they, they usually happen together in threes. The, the worst was family related. I had three family members, you know, back up north, all go into the hospital the same day. And oh my gosh. It was after the second one, you're like, what is going on? Now they were all minor things. Everybody left, recovered, but, you know, these are three independent happenings and you know my wife picked up on it she's like yeah it's it's reminding you of how powerful it is you know it is telling you hey i'm still here you're not done with me yet and that was much more terrifying than anything i i physically experienced well yeah i mean if it can attack anyone who has ever been in your life that is the most chilling thing that you have said so far. I mean. Absolutely. How about your friend? I mean, I know that's his story to tell, but does he still experience anything uh, from this entity that you're aware of? So that year, we just drifted apart. There was, uh, you know, I, I don't think I've talked with him since 2017. It's hard, you know, when you, when you have this activity and it picks up whenever you go see someone, you just don't want to go see them. Right. And, and that was a, a comment that, that he made to me once. Just, it's hard on him and his family that it's worse. And not that he only experienced things when, you know, we would get together, but that it would, that it would be worse when, when we did. I know that what I saw in him was it trying to, to isolate him in his life. And that's, uh, that's what they do. So, Absolutely. The, but the we haven't talked alone, for a long time. I don't know what it's happening with him now. The more alone you are, the easier it is to wear down your defenses. Absolutely. I agree. Are there any other methods or activities that you do now in order to help shore up any protection that you know that you you 
think that you may need. At this point, always have holy water nearby at home or when I travel. I, I think that that makes a huge difference. At least it did for me. The last time I experienced anything in a, in a you know, the threes, I got a St. Benedict medal and, and I wear it all the time now. Good. Little dab of holy water on it for good, for good measure every now and then. That's mostly it. You know, it, it never, and maybe it's because of how this started out and the renouncing at the beginning. I never felt like I was at risk for anything like possession. As terrifying as the experiences were, it didn't feel like my soul was at risk from it. All it did is strengthen my faith in God and help me learn more about God and Christianity as a whole. And just doesn't seem to be able to to gain that kind of a foothold. But I remain vigilant. I, I, I'm always looking over my shoulder, but not in a constant fear type of way. Just more of a awareness. Stuff starts happening at the house. I want to be particularly aware of, of whether it's this entity or, you know, we still do paranormal investigations. Sometimes stuff happens after those, but it it doesn't, it's like I say, it's a benign feeling. It's not that sense of evil. If you don't mind, I know that you had mentioned from one particularly nasty spirit attachment. Could you go into a little bit more detail around what happened in that regard sure. and how it may have, you know, resolved itself? Yeah. So, well, actually, and that does get into another area of protection, I guess. So. We were doing this investigation and had a this one area that we were investigating. It was four of us. It was like a public place. And this thing was, uh, the spirit there, it seemed, did not like women. And the women in, in the group, it was two guys, two girls, they felt extremely uncomfortable when we started doing this EVP session. So we we bagged it. We canceled that session turned off the recorders and went back and there was a lot of things that happened in this this one event we went back up and we were doing some stuff in the office and i was on the computer pulling the video or the the audio off of the audio recorder i had a couple of them that we had used and laura was on the floor a good 10 feet away sorting through some papers she'd found she was reading and the other two were at a desk on the other side of the room. And this thing taps me on my shoulder. And it, it, and it did it in a way. This is not like, oh, I just feel something. It like tapped me like it wanted to get my attention. Like if I was standing behind you and I tapped on your shoulder to tell you something and you turned around, it was that type of a feeling. So I turned around and there's nobody there. And, I, and as I turned around, I'm like, yeah, hon, what, what did you need? expecting her to be behind me. She's not. She's looking at me like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you know, that was the the first time I'd ever been physically touched in a way that it was that clear, right? Right. That short-lived EVP session is the first time I've ever gotten a recording that said my name. In the recording, it says, you know, hi, Dave. <laughs> and then we were we were up all night long. And the next morning, 
Oh, and I did go back down to try to talk with it by myself. There's another thing. I did go down to the room you're in. I'm like, you know, I feel like you had something left to say and they didn't, you know, you didn't want them here to say it. So I put the recorder down and I didn't get anything off of it, but just a couple of minutes I was uh, down in that area. And at the end of that night, we decided, you know, it's, it's, we stay there all night. It's too long. We just, we want to get in the car and we want to go home. And it's an all day drive to get home. What should have been like seven hours turned into something like 12. We were both exhausted. We kept having to stop and take little naps and just weren't super clear headed. And we got home and we stopped at Wendy's. My wife was on like one of the, a Wendy's salad kick. We stopped mm-hmm. at Wendy's, we picked up dinner, sat in bed, ate dinner, lights out, went to sleep. And in the middle of the night, something tarts flicking the top of that salad bowl that she had. You know, the plastic ones, right? The clear top. It's like smack, tap, tap. It woke both of us up. And we're like, I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, I'm not doing anything. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, it was just sitting on her nightstand where she had put it. And that went on for, we had... Let's see. We came back on Sunday. It was about four days that that this thing was attached to me, and every day got murkier and darker. It was one night. Every night was the same kind of thing. It would tap on stuff at the nightstand and make noises. But I actually fell out of bed, which I haven't fallen out of bed since I was a kid. I fell out of bed. And my wife woke up and she looked up and she saw me raise up with my fist up like I was going to hit her. I was still in the floor and she's like screamed and, and I get up and I'm like, you know what? You know, I fell out of bed and she's like, no, I you, just this thing I saw was, was going to hit me. I'm like, well, it wasn't me. So it, it was it was pretty intense. And like I say, we, we have sort of figured that this thing doesn't like women at all. And we, we think that was part of it. But by Thursday of that week, I'm exhausted. And I, and I feel like I'm literally walking through water. That feeling, everything around me is sort of dulled and slow. And uh, I was at work. We were having architecture sessions and design sessions. And it was, it was so bad that I did notice that someone came up and was talking to me. And they got lightheaded <laughs> and had to go sit down. And then they were fine when they were away from me. I mean, it was this really weird sort of experience of events. Wow. And by the end of that day, I'm, I'm in a meeting and I'm just totally zoned out. I cannot focus on what's going on. And I'm like, you know, it should have been obvious before this, but I'm like, you know, I picked up a darned attachment. <laughs> this thing has got to be just sitting here feeding off of me. and. I, I don't, I'm like, I really need to, to get rid of this thing. And so there's a really fairly common habit with uh, paranormal investigators where they do what's called, you know, bubbling themselves. So you sort of picture a, a white light form and, and create a, a boundary around you. So you're like sitting in a bubble of, of white light. So I, and again, I'm sitting in a meeting, right? So this is just sort of internal 
what's going on in my head. So I, I'm sort of like internally meditating and I picture this white light and I picture it push out around me. And then just like I snapped my fingers, I was wide awake and I felt great. And it was like I had taken a really, really long nap and everything was good. It was gone. No more noises at home. No weird stuff at night. No walking through water. I, I just felt great. And so it was like four, four and a half days of just really unpleasant energy around me, I guess. That is wild. Mm. And your wife didn't experience any other ramifications or things either? So, you know, she heard all the noises. She had the the thing happen with me that night. You know, I would, first of all, it goes without saying, I would never hit my wife. I would never... We love each other. It's a great relationship. It was this weird, and, and she saw me get up after she saw it, so it definitely wasn't me, and she knew that. But the experience for her, she was tired, but she wasn't, like, as drained as I was. And so I think she would feel it at night when, it, when I was home, but during the day, I think she was fine. And then when it was gone, it was gone. Neither of us had any impact from it. Gotcha. So, yeah, it definitely seemed like it was attached to you then directly. Yep, definitely. I think we have come up to our time. Is there anything else that you I haven't asked you about that you wanted to share? Just, you know, that last story and, and that experience, just to be clear, first of all, that was before the interaction with the demon, but it felt different. As negative as that was, I never felt like this thing hated me. She might have felt that, but I never felt this presence of evil. It wasn't this super dark thing. Even that having a bad attachment is not the same as, as dealing with something demonic. In my mind, you know, the demonic is real, and you know it's something you've got to watch out for. But you can't jump at shadows either. You can't focus on it nonstop, or it, it can get worse. True. I got into this through academia and then, you know, experiences with the podcast has allowed me to explore much more about modern demonology. But I think that a lot of the things that you said are absolutely true. You know, demons are real. Spiritual warfare is definitely a thing. They're not common, but yet if you happen to encounter one, then it can make your life an absolute wreck easily. And one of the best things that you can do is not just to surround yourself with religious artifacts or holy water or amulets or metals, but really just to get your, you know, your spiritual house in order. And it Definitely. sounds like that's exactly what you did. And I'm still doing. It's a work in progress. It's always a work in progress. <laughs> yeah, which is another great thing about the Discord, because you get folks from completely different backgrounds there, and you're able to ask questions, deep questions on Catholicism or Buddhism or what have you. It's it, it's really good, good environment for that. Well, David, I cannot thank you enough for sharing everything that you did. I know it can't be an easy thing to talk about, Talking about these things is never a it's never a absolute safe proposition. So the fact that 
you know, you have chosen to do so. I, I can't thank you enough. Just uh, honestly, I think that sharing, and I've said it before, I'll say it again, sharing this type of information, methods of protection, and how to simply be aware that you might be encountering something well beyond the normal is invaluable to so many people out there. So thank you for everything, my friend. Well, you're welcome. And thank you for your podcast. You know, this is one of the the few sources of information on demonology and that deep knowledge on, you know, with the background and the Bible and, and so on that has been fantastic for me. When I found your podcast, there weren't many out there. You brought a lot of of information and really helped me along as well. So I thank you for that. Well, thank you for saying that. That tickles my heart to death because <laughs> honestly, I'm surprised anyone even listens. But the fact that it actually may have helped that, uh, yeah, you couldn't have said anything better to me. So thank you. Well, you're welcome. This has been David. If y'all would like to join our Discord, and sharing the experiences, lurk in the shadows, whatever you'd like, uh, you're more than welcome to do so. The uh, information on how to join will be in our show notes. But uh, David, it has been more than a pleasure to speak to you today. Thank you for everything. And thank you. Thank you for listening to Southern Demonology. Find us online at southerndemonology.com where you can find all of our social and podcasting links. Also, if you have a moment, please feel free to rate this podcast and leave any encouraging feedbacks that you may have. As always, I am JJ and it has been a pleasure getting to talk to you today.